This is a podcast from thebuglepodcast.com. The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 293 of the Bugle Audio Newspaper for a Visual World for the week ending Friday, the 29th of May, 2015. I'm Andy Zaltzman, reporting exclusively for the Bugle from London, the spiritual home of interest rate manipulation. Proud to be a Londoner, as always. And in New York City, the spiritual home of New Yorkers, and their physical home as well in many cases, it's the satirical screwdriver himself, John Oliver. Hello, Andy. Hello, Buglers. Andy, uh, last week uh, I did a gig for a benefit gig for the Leukaemia and Lymphoma Society, a very good organisation. The problem was I had to go on immediately after a leading cancer doctor telling the audience about the work he was currently doing to treat patients and the research he was doing to cure diseases. He also just happened, unhelpfully, to look like a male model, Andy. And <laughs> I have never felt like a bigger piece of shit as I walked onto the stage afterwards to tell some jokes. Oh, I've felt like a piece of shit multiple times before when walking on stage, <laughs> and also when not walking on stage, Andy. I feel like a piece of shit now, for instance. But there is something particularly unforgiving about a side-by-side juxtaposition between a handsome cancer doctor and a non-handsome, non-cancer doctor and comedian walking onto a stage implying, don't listen to him. Listen to me, especially because, in the cruelest twist of fate, the doctor was also f***ing funny, Andy. So, he was funny, handsome, and worked to cure cancer. And on that evening, I can tell you, I was literally none of those things. Uh, So this is Bugle 293. Coincidentally, 293, the number of plants... Ejected from this year's Chelsea Flower Show, the offences the uh, guilty plants had uh, committed ranged, uh, ranged from cheating. A clematis was caught injecting itself with an anabolic petal-enhancing steroid, whilst a nasturtium and a chrysanthemum were found naked in the same flower bed, getting distinctly funky stamens and carpels all over the place, disgusting in front of the children as well. And a cherry tree was uh, thrown out. Uh, that it just won a medal for being really good at being a tree after it urinated on a dog in what experts described as a revenge attack by a plant that was struggling to cope with its newfangled fame. The celebrity tree was unavailable for comment but is rumoured to have been planted in Snoop Dogg's back garden. Uh, as always, a section of the bugle is going straight in the bin and, John, there's been some sensational science on your side of the ponds. Uh, scientists in Chicago have announced that... Uh, Levels of unconscious prejudice can be reduced by training the brain whilst asleep by playing its stuff to cure you of prejudice. This is a huge step forward for the world. I mean, it does sound like bullshit, but this is... It sounds a lot like bullshit. Well, it's it's not bullshit, John, it's science. (laughs) Admittedly, that is a pretty fine line quite a lot of the time. Uh, So, to mark this, we are giving you an audio file to play to yourself on a loop overnight whilst you snooze that is guaranteed to cure you of any known or unknown bias that is making you a bit of a Simply ask a friend, spouse, parent, child or babysitter to sit next to your bed with a ghetto blaster whilst you sleep and keep repeating the following at a soothing volume. Don't act like a prick. Calm the f*** down about shit that's not your business. Those people who are a little bit different from you shouldn't really be a problem. People who believe in something that you do not believe in, there really is no actual need to kill them if you're right 
your lord will strike them down for you, so chill out, kick back, and stop being a massive tool. This technology can cure all extremities of you and long-held prejudices, including racism, sexism, ageism, terrorism, plagiarism, republicanism, baptism, shitbaggery, and general non-specific twattish attitudes. Repeat nightly for 12 years, increase volume, if not working. Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to have them wake up cured, Andy, so much as have them wake up even angrier. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that is all Islamic State needs. Just wake John. up mid-argument. I think all that's where we've been going wrong with Islamic State. We don't need military threats. We just need some subconscious tapes to play overnight. Right, just some drones uh, with some speakers on the bottom of them. Yeah, we've been using the wrong type of drones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We just need a, a, something droning on. Need, the drones need to literally drone. What sort of republicanism were you referring to as well? Oh, it's the medical type. Right. It's thought not to be, it's kind of genetic, it gets handed down okay. through the generations. Top story this week, US election news. Andy, the last time we spoke, the UK was just coming to the end of its truly gruelling five-week electoral campaign. <laughs> and like a marathon runner, you were all left buckled over and vomiting at the finish line. America, of course, prefers the slow-cooking approach to democracy, and we here are currently in the midst of candidates merely deciding if they're going to run for office or not, uh, which is essentially a case of working out how much money they think they can raise, writing that number down on a piece of paper, asking an expert, is that enough? And the expert then probably telling them how many zeros they need to add to the end of the number, and then leaving the candidate with a decision to make. Isn't democracy beautiful, Andy? Uh, American politicians uh, have to plan their campaigns, very much like people plan weddings. There's a lot of balloons, a lot of people you really don't want around, and at the end of the day, it's hard to justify the money you've just spent. Uh, This week has seen a few more names announced that they'll be uh, attending the 2016 electoral jamboree so we thought we'd give you a little update of america's choices so far and i warn you the choices are not great this is like when you sit down at a restaurant look over the menu and find yourself thinking there is really nothing i want to eat here i would leave but i've already eaten a breadstick and the waiter is telling me that i have to order something now Uh, well, as you said, the candidates are jockeying for position some on as yet imaginary horses the, the whole thing john they reckon it's going to cost $5 billion. I mean, that seems like a lot, but that's only £16 a head for you Americans for a whole year and a half's worth of manipulative grandstanding and shameless self-promotion. That has to be good value. Well, if it was only a year and a half, that would be fine, Andy, but it's definitely not just only a year and a half. <laughs> it's, it's longer than that. Or, or it just feels that way, but it's also longer than that. So we've had uh, uh, Rick Santorum... Yes. has uh, launched himself, and barely a day passes without some Republican or other throwing his or her needlessly expensive hat into the already overcrowded and argumentative ring. Santorum has saddled himself up and is riding himself to the start line. I mean, what are, what are the odds looking like uh, for him, John? Because he, he ran last time, didn't he? And, uh, he did. I mean, he's a Conservative with a capital K and a Christian with very <laughs> nearly three capital Ks. Uh, he came <laughs> uh, second to Mitt Romney in 2012, but he is likely to come 15th to whoever wins the primary this time around. Uh, His early move in his speech was not only to say that if he's president, America will defeat ISIS, with the implication really being that if he's not president, ISIS will conquer this country immediately. Uh, But he's also launched his campaign song, which is called Take Back America, 
And uh, the song, Andy, like Santorum himself, is absolutely appalling. I'll give you a, I'll give you a little taste of it now. Isn't it time? I mean, that's... Isn't it what? Unleash the pride. Unleash the pride. <laughs> what? Just reiterating that point, that it is time, it is time for that. This is the way. Changing the tide. Isn't it time? And then it's a fade out with a guy shaking a tambourine. Oh, right. Well, I mean, that's... I mean, it's 45 seconds long, but they pack a lot into that 45 <laughs> seconds, Andy. Well, that does raise a few questions, John. I mean, it, it, what do they mean by take back America? Is it like some kind of disappointing shirt that no longer functions <laughs> that has to be returned <laughs> whence it came? That's right. Uh, to get a refund it? for America from the Founding Fathers. I don't know. Un- that's the problem with un- a 45-second song. He's left a lot of room for interpretation, and that's dangerous in politics. Unleashing the pride as well. I mean, is this, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that sounds like a bit of an about turn from his previously anti-gay marriage um, <laughs> positioning from 2012. Because, I mean, he, cha- he kind of positioned himself as the champion of voters who uh, opposed abortion and gay marriage. A kind of liberating hero to people who get unnaturally and inexplicably worked up about things other people are doing in their own lives that have absolutely no impact on them. A kind of 21st century inverse Gandhi. Uh, yeah, he, he will be running against a retired neurosurgeon, Ben Carson, uh, who's a fully qualified doctor and even fuller qualified idiot, uh, who, <laughs> among other things, Great has said that, that people in prison turn gay. Um, so that's, that's a doctor. A doctor said that. Right. And he, I mean, he said some true... I was reading about him this morning. He said some truly, truly extraordinary things, Carson. He claimed that allowing gay marriage would lead to the acceptance of bestiality and paedophilia. That's a doctor. Which, That's a doctor yes, saying that. To which the obvious response is, no, it won't, yeah. Dr. Carson. There's absolutely no way that could possibly happen. Are you a uh, doctor, he, Andy? Are you, are you a doctor, <laughs> I'm, I'm, though? I'm not a doctor. And he said this. The point was that if you change the definition of marriage for one group, you'll have to change it for the next group and the next group. To which, again, the obvious response is, no, 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 no. You might be a qualified neurosurgeon, but you are completely and deliberately misunderstanding what this is about. And you seem to misunderstand that marriage is consensual between two human adults who can give consent to each other, whereas, for example, a horse cannot give consent to marrying a human. It can give consent to being given a sugar lump, it cannot give consent to marrying a pervert with a fetish for horses. Nor, more importantly, a horse is likely to mobilise themselves to press for the legalisation of bestial marriage through political campaigns. Nor, even if they did, are people likely to think, yes, that seems fine, unless horses start evoluting a a lot quicker than they have been and start developing the concept of romantic love and getting your friends to buy you some crockery. It's, uh, I mean, this is truly... Extraordinary. He also previously compared um, Obamacare, the, the Affordable Care Act, to slavery. Mm-hmm. Uh, a doctor. I'm always doctor. getting them mixed yeah. up uh, as well, John, because I don't live in America. Can you just remind me? I know one involves helping people get access to medical care so they don't unnecessarily die, and the other involves the dehumanising, subjugation and brutal exploitation and commoditization of a race of people over hundreds of years in one of the greatest scars on the intensively scarred moral flesh of civilization. But I just cannot remember... I don't know. I don't know. All, all I know is that Lincoln was against both of them, Andy, that's all right. I know. Oh, right. 
Okay. Well, that's, that, that's yeah. all I know. But yeah, he does. Say, for a neurosurgeon, he does often sound like he practiced a lot of neurosurgery on his own brain recently. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst using peanut butter as an anaesthetic. <laughs> there are, uh, they'll, they'll also be going up against Texas Senator Ted Cruz. And Andy, if you think there's nothing worse than Santorum's Take Back America song, then you haven't heard Ted Cruz's supporters' rap song. Featuring lyrics such as, when power is concentrated centrally and federally, it creates dependency that's medically like leprosy. Again, it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. It's called uh, Set It On Fire. <laughs> and if, you, if you're wondering if I have a little bit of it for you, Andy, then you shouldn't. Here it is. Start slow. That's because, like all hip-hop, you want a slow build. Oh, oh. Oh, we're back, throwback to the 80s. It's like we're back in the late 70s. The labor force is dead. Golden <laughs> enemies. Can you hear the voice of Reagan saying the Fed is not the rebel? This is cool. <laughs> you always want to hear, Andy, in a rap song, Reagan mentioned in the first eight bars. Centrally and federally. There you go. Medically like leprosy. There you go. You can't... Listen, you can't argue with something if it rhymes, Andy. No. No, that's... Um, yeah, that's what... what uh, yeah. Fight the power. Yeah, right, that's... Uh, well, I always thought Karl Marx made a mistake not writing the Communist Manifesto in a series of limericks. Another interesting thing about Ted Cruz uh, regarding Obamacare, Andy, is that he once spoke out against Obamacare for 21 straight hours in the Senate. <laughs> 21 hours, Andy. Other people may have made better points. No one made longer <laughs> points, Andy. And that is that is very much going to be the backbone of his campaign. To, 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 I mean, did he speak for 21 hours in the form of a rap or, or <laughs> I not? Think, I think so. And I'm guessing it sounded medically like leprosy. <laughs> MC Filibuster's quite a good name, actually. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not terrible. That is true. Uh, Jeb Bush, uh, he's not officially announced he's going to stand, um, but uh, when he is definitely going to stand, isn't he? And, um, I mean, you might think that his, his name is slightly tarnished by being the same name as one of the most nationally and globally divisive presidents ever, and also his DNA being basically the same, and his Christmas card list. And if, if Bush wins, John, I think we can prepare for the distinctive sound of the entire world just deciding to hibernate for four years under the nearest available sofa. Obviously, on the Democratic side, the big name is Hillary Clinton, who has been on a, a bus tour of the country, uh, positioning herself as a relatable grandmother. Um, the grandmother part is biologically true. Uh, the relatable part is biologically impossible, Andy. Uh, <laughs> the biggest media storm around her campaign so far, aside from a mysterious loss of personal emails from when she was Secretary of State, was her eating a burrito at a Chipotle. That's it, Andy. That's what the media went nuts over. A hungry woman ordering a thing. Hillary Clinton getting a burrito is very close to nothing, Andy. It's technically something because it's a human eating food to survive. But that's all it is. It's as much something as an owl taking a shit is something. That's technically something, but it barely seems worth bringing up. I don't know, John. I mean, it just, I think, surely gives a, a message to the people of America that uh, whatever happens, Hillary Clinton is, is, is going to eat. She will eat. She will eat at least once a day. And that's yeah. what you can rely on her. And who do you want in the White House? Someone who will eat once a day. 
Um, Minimum. She's strong favourite. I was checking out the uh, the odds um, after my successful bet on the uh, British election. Um, I have a little flutter on the state, uh, the American one as well. Uh, she's Evans' favourite, uh, and, um, and this this could be a very exciting new start, John. I mean, men have had a pretty decent go at running the world for the past hundred thousand years plus. But uh, I mean, could we genuinely? Is, is America ready for? A president with ovaries. This is a huge step for your. Well, we'll see. She's definitely the front runner for the Democrats. She's so much a front runner that the only person uh, on the Democrat side uh, currently declared to run against her is Bernie Sanders, an independent from Vermont who has been widely ignored. Uh, He is (laughs) he's running in the Democratic primary despite never formally being a part of the Democratic Party, Uh, and it's kind of largely assumed that this is because. This will give him access to televised primary debates where he will entertainingly and justifiably shout at people. That's, <laughs> I think that's what Bernie is largely going to contribute to this election campaign. Uh, some entertaining, well-meaning points delivered at volume on television. <laughs> well, the, the odds are quite interesting. Um, you can get uh, Alec Baldwin at 750 to 1. Okay. Uh, Sarah Palin at 100 to 1. That's got to be very disappointing for Baldwin, uh, frankly. Um, and uh, Ben Carson, who we were talking about earlier on, extraordinarily, he is around about 25 to 1. That's still a long shot, but not nearly as long a shot as you would hope for it to be in a nation that has schools and books. Um, and also, uh, you compare his odds with George Pataki, uh, who has just launched uh, his bid. He is uh, a moderate in a heavily conservative field, which basically means... Absolutely no chance. And when I say no chance... No chance. No chance. I checked the betting sites. He wasn't even listed on most of them after announcing that he's standing. And on the few that were offering odds on Pataki, they're basically 50 to 1. So making him twice as unlikely as the already massively unlikely Ben Carson. He naively um, issued a four-minute launch video without at any point lecturing people on what they should do with their wombs or penises. And it is hard to see how that is going to appeal to the core Republican voters. Uh, He's neck and neck with Donald Trump and uh, John McCain, and probably about the same odds to be the Republican candidate as Michelle Obama. Yeah, George Pataki uh, has as much chance of winning this race as a horse with no legs has (laughs) of winning a race. A horse with no legs on a skateboard with no wheels. (laughs) So what, uh, what is the American uh, public looking for, John, in the uh, presidential They're not looking candidate? at all. They're not looking. Right. To, they're okay. quite rightly not looking at all, Andy. They're ignoring this at the moment because it's too f***ing soon. So <laughs> the American people, to their credit, are completely ignoring this process. You want to look at candidates in elections, Andy, this early, the same way you look at the sun. Ideally not at all, but if you have to, very briefly and with serious protection. There's no <laughs> point. There's no point. In the American people engaging in this yet? None. <laughs> well, I'm glad we've covered it on the bugle then. <laughs> yeah. Give people a gentle way into it. Um, I guess you know what you want. You, you want a bit of charisma, someone who could inspire, inspire people. The kind of person you can leave in your kitchen for ten minutes, and by the time you've come back, they've made your kitchen table think it's a trampoline. That's that's really what I want in a president. You need uh, trustworthiness, the outward veneer of believability in a way that it is clear that when push comes to shove, they would take their own mother down a back alley and hand her over to the Chinese secret services. You need to have a steely inner I think, to be a president. And most importantly, as you say, the willingness to spend vast amounts of dubiously acquired money suffering a deluge of personal abuse, all for the right to be ceremonially stymied by your own political structures for the next four years. It's, uh, as you say, John democracy is fun. Uh, And it is baffling how big an issue 
gay marriage still seems to be in the American political uh, scheme. In, in Ireland, they've just had a referendum um, voted overwhelmingly in favour of legalising gay marriage. Now, Ireland is a... Well, it's a, a nation which has traditionally scored at least nine popes out of ten on the Catholic scale. And yet even Ireland is now massively in favour of gay marriage. Why is it still such a big issue in America? Well, it's not, really. Oh, it's right, not. Okay. Yeah. Just, <laughs> no, no, it, it isn't really. It's got you know most most. I think a majority of people agree with it. It's past the tipping point. It's, a lot of states have it. It's just really. It's not really so much about who was first now as who's going to be last. And I think it'll be a close run race between Mississippi and Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so why why do all the so many of the Republican candidates keep? Banging on about it. Is that, I mean, there's there's reason for I that? don't know because they're right. old. <laughs> I think I don't think anyone <laughs> really cares. <laughs> uh, some other candidates uh, to uh, run. If you know Mitt Romney, sadly, uh, no yeah. Mitt Romney, sadly, the uh, 2012 uh, nominee. He said these words. He said, "I did not want to make it more difficult for someone else to emerge who may have uh, had a better chance of becoming the president." Which is pretty much how he ran his uh, 2012 campaign against Obama. Um, Giuliani, uh, 2008, is he going to stand again? <laughs> well, he's, look, as long as that up. campaign's still active, Andy, he never <laughs> stopped running. Um, uh, Lindsey Graham, the Republican senator for South Carolina, uh, I saw it described as having, quotes, extravagantly hawkish foreign policy views. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's... I mean, that's ex- extra, not just hawkish, extravagant. I'd, I'd like to see a bit more flamboyance in American yeah. warmongering. I think Graham could be the candidate to bring that. Uh, John Kasich, Ohio governor, said, I'm pretty qualified for this kind of a job. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty qualified for this kind of a job. (laughs) Not not this exact job. Obviously, I'm unqualified for that. (laughs) Makes like he's applying for a job of just painting some walls and not in a Michelangelo (laughs) kind of way. Um, uh, Carly Fiorina, former boss of Hewlett-Packard. And if she makes America function as badly as the Hewlett-Packard computer I had in the late 1990s <laughs> when she was in charge of that company, America will basically become Sudan within four years. Well, she's, uh, she, has, she is very qualified to run for office in that she's already spent a huge amount of money uh, running for Senate in California. She spent $20 million to not be Senator of California. So <laughs> there, is, there is previous there in terms of shitting money up a wall. Uh, Seth Blatter. Uh, he has to be a. Uh, he has to be a. Candidate. I think it is to lose. I think for yeah. some reason, because of some reasons of how the voting blocks are laid out, he I think has already won. Um, only gets things done. He's not afraid to be unpopular. Those are two important mm-hmm. qualities in a in a president. Um, I mean, is this an unusually big field? I don't remember there being quite so many. In it last, I may have just blocked it out. Just That's because you have amnesia, Andy. Right, that is it's like childbirth. It's always it? this forget, way. Yeah, exactly. Endorphins have kicked in and said, you, you, "You've cut, you come out of each American election thinking never like that again, never <laughs> like that again." Then the endorphins kick in, and then next thing you know, you're looking saying, "Should we have another one?" <laughs> uh, a couple more candidates: Ermina Stamotl. She's a cleaner in the Republican Party uh, headquarters. She went through the wrong door. Uh, last uh, Wednesday, walked into a press conference room with a mop and bucket and accidentally became a candidate. Um, uh, but she's viewed as uh, being able to connect better with ordinary voters, um, uh, and, uh, but it was also a bit too busy doing six different cleaning jobs a day. She's currently 15 to 1. Uh, and also the ghost of the two-time presidential candidate but no-time president, Thomas Edmund Dewey, having another crack at the big one from the grave. He's inhabited since 1971. <laughs>
Uh, now, of course, the other big story this week is the FIFA uh, scandal. Um, and uh, thanks to uh, th- those of you who sent us messages um, awaiting our response uh, to this. I know, John, you're covering it on your show yes. uh, this week. Um, well, it's as we record today, the FIFA election is taking place to see uh, whether Set Blatter can remain in his anointed role of King Turd in the chocolate box of global sport. And it does appear that he almost certainly will. It, um, it is utterly bizarre. I have these, these kind of dawn arrests of uh, leading FIFA figures uh, this week. And uh, FIFA's response was basically say, it's a good day for FIFA. Which is a bit like hearing someone say, better out than in, after spectacularly shitting themselves at a funeral. And then vomiting into the coffin and saying, saying oh, that felt so therapeutic. <laughs> it is a kind of version of the Augean stables in which Hercules has turned up with his mop and bucket. Thinks, thought to himself, oh, man, this is a really big job. Whilst King Augea says, what, mate? Who sent you? I hadn't even noticed they were dirty. The, the bare-faced balls of this organisation, John, is truly spectacular. Uh, some have said this is just the tip of the iceberg, and the FIFA Titanic has given that iceberg... A damn good humping, and Captain Blatter is elbowing the women and children aside to make sure he gets his own lifeboat. Um, it's, um, it's, it is, as a sports fan, it is uh, hugely depressing. Blatter had his uh, words to say uh, yesterday. He said, The events of yesterday, this is speaking the day after the arrests, have cast a long shadow over football and this FIFA Congress. And I think we see here where Blatter sees the problem. Some would have said that it wasn't the events of yesterday so much as the events of the last 20-plus years. Clearly for Blatter, the problem is the arrests in the swanky hotels. Uh, He said we cannot allow the reputation of FIFA to be dragged through the mud any longer, which would carry more weight if he was not caked head-to-toe in mud, as if he'd just been at some kind of alternative spa. He said, I know many people hold me ultimately responsible, but I cannot monitor everyone all the time. Again, the classic defence, I was only giving orders... And he has rejected calls to resigning, insisting he is the man to, quotes fix things, which is perhaps a slightly unfortunate choice of words. And he still has a, a lot of support in the global game, from, uh, and uh, you know, he can claim some credit for turning uh, international football from the closed European South American uh, closed shop uh, that it was uh, in the 1970s and before. And maybe he has done some good things, but just as even a stopped clock tells the right time twice a day, so a massive accidentally does something not that every now and again. (laughs) And in other sports news, baseball has been rocked by another cheating scandal, Uh, this one in the minor leagues as the former New York Forks outfielder Chaos DeFrost has been caught attaching his glove to a drone to enable himself to catch balls that were flying over his head into the stands. DeFrost currently playing for the Boston Balthazars after unsuccessful uh, spells with the uh, Utah Nutcrackers and the Yosemite Yowsers, uh, as well as an MVP year in the Austrian Baseball League with the Vienna Schnitzels, used the uh, drone with his glove nailed to the front. Uh, it was allegedly stolen from the American Air Force. Uh, and he pouched uh, a dinger to left field, uh, technical term, uh, hit by the Tulsa Convulsive star slugger De Milo Venus. Um, uh, DeFrost then completed a controversial double play by crashing the drone into home plates at 150 miles an hour, with pinch runner Eric Watt still short of his ground, hospitalising Watt, the home plate umpire Jeremold Putch, and his own catcher, Herod Jerkett. Uh, the Balthazar's coach, Corneli Peristaltz, explained, it's something we've been working on in training. Chaos was the North American remote-controlled aeroplane air, uh, aerobatics champion when he was 16, and there's nothing in the laws of the game that explicitly says you cannot use a military-level drone as a fielding aid. So DeFrost will serve a one-inning ban during the Balthazar's next match. That's on the roads at uh, the Miami Shriek. 
And a quick bit of news uh, just breaking from uh, uh, the US Justice Department. They've announced that all biker gangs will only be allowed to ride kids' tricycles until they've all learned how to behave themselves. A Justice Department spokesman said, if they're all busy saying vroom vroom and pedalling their little legs as fast as they can, I think we'll see a definite upsurge in their ability not to shoot and kill each other. Your emails now, and um, we've been receiving some um, slightly curious spam on the Bugle uh, email address, um, including this, said, Hello, my name is Gary Wembley, and I understand your company deals in tennis rackets. (laughs) (laughs) Can you email me with the types that you have, including the price range? (laughs) Thank you, best regards. Gary Wembley. (laughs) It's a great name. Oh, but there's you, no limit. You've got, you got to get involved in that, Andy. Right. But I don't understand this type of spam. because There's no link for you to you know, open up the <laughs> inner recesses of your laptop to, <laughs> to some uh, identity thievers. It's just, this is just, it appears to be a genuine inquiry about tennis rackets. <laughs> so, um, I mean, maybe this is the next step for Bugle merchandise, John. Yeah. The Bugle tennis racket. Yeah, with our faces sold, in the middle. Sold in bulk. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, thanks, uh, do keep your emails uh, coming in We'll uh, do some more that aren't just spam uh, But we've got to wrap up uh, this week A quick update on uh, uh, the situation with uh, Michelle Who we've been uh, raising money for uh, there, Some of you might have had updates from the website That she had a relapse, uh, sadly uh, And um, uh, the good news is that she has rallied somewhat from that relapse And uh, is hoping now to go and get some treatment in Cuba uh, so things have slightly changed. I don't know the exact situation at the moment, but um, uh, enormous thanks again to all those who've donated the money that has basically meant that whatever treatment that she, she is able to have is now uh, possible. So um, it's, uh, I, I can't, don't really have any more than that, but I will keep you, uh, keep you updated with what's going on. And uh, <laughs> if I can uh, Follow myself as uh, John followed the the doctor at the gig the other day. Um, I'm now going to plug my own show at the Soho Theatre, uh, which is on January uh, January Monday, the eighth of June, and also the sixth of July. The Saturdays for High show. Uh, we, I will be publishing um, uh, up on the Bugle feeds uh, in future weeks uh, chunks from those shows. So uh, if you are wanting to submit an email, please do to satirise this at satirisforhire.com. The details are all uh, also on the Soho Theatre website. See you all there. So that's it. Uh, Until next time, Buglers, thanks very much for listening. Uh, Enjoy the future of football unravelling before your eyes. Until next time, goodbye. Bye! Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.